Clayton Blackmore, it's there! Clayton Blackmore gives Manchester United a dream start. Oh, he enjoyed that. Hello and welcome to another episode of the United Podcast. David May and Helen Evans are with me as always. Guys, you're right? All good. Good. How are you, Sam? I'm very good, thank you. Maisie, are you worried about this one? Because, of course, uh, our guest today is Clayton Blackmore, who is a pro golfer. Uh, I'm not worried at all because Clayton's never beat me. Ooh. Right, because you're usually our golf authority. Have you played him? I've played him a few times, yeah. But because he's turned pro, where probably should be about a three or four handicap, I think he can turn pro about three or four handicap. So Clay- Clayton's turned pro. But um, no, I'm not worried. Not worried of one, one bit. He's never took money off me. I've always Maisie, took the money. Would you ever like to become pro? A golf? Yeah. Well, yeah. Any other sports? <laughs> what else could it possibly be? Dancer? Give football a go. Back up dancer? <laughs> oh, yeah. pro? I'm a great dancer. Great dancer. No. Um, Got to tell you what, golf's, golf's tough. Jeez. You look at them players, phenomenal. No. Do you think that's why so many footballers are into golf? Because they can cope generally with the mental side of things more? Because they've been uh, an elite athlete and something else? Possibly, yeah. Possibly. I mean, it's a very, very... It's a single sport and it's you know it's you that makes a mistake. With football, you can get away with yeah, making a mistake. Golf, it's, it's exactly down to you. Hmm. Unless you're the keeper. Well, if, even a goalkeeper can make mistakes and you still get away with it. Get cleared off the line. Yeah. Um, I started this conversation about golf and I'll be honest, I regret it because if I'm honest, I don't care about golf. Well, what I do care about though is Clayton Blackmore, who's someone you two both know, right? I've, I've not really met him before. Um, is he a nice guy? Lovely guy. I can't believe yeah. you've never met him, Sam. Yeah, never met him. Hmm. He was at the club at a really interesting point, wasn't he? Because he was there when Ron Atkinson was manager, started playing a few times for the first team and then Sir Alex comes in. So he's going to have a really interesting view, I guess, of that, what would have been a hugely significant point in the club's history. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. We've talked to some other players about that, haven't we, when the pressure and I suppose the shackles were off when they finally won that trophy. Mm. So I'm sure he'll have the same yeah. the same feelings as the other ones. Yeah. And also Clayton went on to coach in the academy as well. So that'll be a nice yeah, nice view nice to touch. have. Yeah. yeah. So here he is, Clayton Blackman. Clayton, welcome very much. Finally, to the United Podcast. Very sorry you've had to wait. For those of you unaware, we've been sat here for about 20 minutes or so, maybe half an hour, whilst Helen has struggled to work out why her headphones wouldn't work, and it was because her computer was on mute. Sorry, Clinton. Don't worry, Helen. I'm used to it. I've worked with you before. (laughs) (laughs) Technical things and me don't go well. Yeah, for those that are listening, we're doing this one on Zoom, and um, Clayton, I can see from where you're sat, there's a lot of sports memorabilia around you. There's a picture of Sir Alex Ferguson and Sir Matt Busby. And I saw a shirt earlier as well. Can you talk us through what you've got going on? Yeah, no, it's, uh, I'm just doing a bit of uh, driving for Gloucester Caravans. And I'm in the office there. Stan, who's the, the owner and the boss, he's, he's kindly let me uh, use his office because it's nice and quiet. And obviously it's full of Manchester United stuff because they're massive Man United fans. Most of them, there's one... One Man City fan here. <laughs> so what have you been doing, Clayton? I just I pick up vans and uh, drop them off as 
easy enough. That's all right, isn't it? Away from the kids and the missus. Very interesting, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've got we homeschooling as well, so it saved me. Oh. I was just going to say, <laughs> you're escaping. Yeah, it's not easy. I mean, I've done it. I've done it the first lockdown. I've got, I've got the five-year-old, and it, it's so hard just trying to explain to the five-year-old what the teachers are wanting them to learn. But um, now the wife's doing it. She's working as well for BA. So she's mm. on the on the phone as well to BA and sorting other things out. It's hard work, isn't it? Have you managed to uh, lockdown, Clayton, without golf and everything like that missing? Well, like I say, I think this has uh, really helped, you know, it gets you out of the house. Yeah. And um, I think it's, I, I couldn't imagine what happens, you know, people who, especially having, some people haven't even got gardens. So, you know, when you're in flats or apartments, we've moved house and everything, which is, We've moved house the other day and we're waiting to move into, it's a weird one, the house we were getting wasn't quite ready, so we were in rented for six months. <sighs> so that was chaos. <laughs> That's not helped much. No. How many children do you have, Clayton? Um, twins are 11. Yeah. So they, they can look after themselves, really, once we get them online and that. And the other one's five, the little one. Yeah. I mean, she's, I mean the good thing for her, she's learning off the other two. So I could tell, you could tell straight away she's miles ahead of where she should be. That's good. That's good. One positive. Yeah. Just something that I think is interesting. Clayton, obviously you're Welsh, but you don't hear of a lot of Claytons. That's quite a, quite a relatively rare name, I think. Yeah, it is. There's not many. I know it's funny because one of my teachers in school was, he was called Clayton, Clayton Thomas. He was a, he also did the sports, the rugby, but it was more down the rugby. It was the, I used to take the football team. I was in charge of the football team. They used to drive us and I used to pick the team. When you were at school? Yeah, but it picked itself, to be fair. You know, it, it, it's, I mean, it's not it's not hard, is it, football? You, the best players in certain positions play in their, you know, they play in their own position, so... No, but people must have really respected your opinion for you to be picking the team. The teacher just saying, yeah, Clayton's got this one today. Uh, well, we had the two, the two gym teachers we had were both... One played for Wales as a rugby player and the other one was just playing local rugby. So yeah. you know, I just obviously knew more than them about football, but they used to obviously they, they had to drive us around, and obviously around about fourteen, I was I was you know I was I'd signed for Manchester United then, so as a schoolboy player, and fifteen I played at Wembley, so I had a really good start in my football career. Really, did you grow up in a predominantly rugby environment in school and at home and around your neighbourhood? No, not really, because my dad played. He played football. Mm-hmm. He's from Surrey, but he obviously they moved to Wales and in Neath, and he ended up playing in the Welsh League. And in the old days, then Swansea, Wrexham, and Cardiff used to play the reserve teams. So a lot of the, the top players he used to play. He's played against John Charles and all them. So you know he's he played to a good standard. So it was always football in your home. Clayton, have you got any brothers or sisters? No, I'm no. Uh, spoiled. The lonely child. <laughs> Yeah, I'm spoiled and lonely. <laughs> so, what was uh, what was life like for you growing up? When you when you I don't know your earliest memories and stuff. Were you always into football? Was it sport in general? Did you like school? What did you do? Yeah, I was sport in general, but obviously football was more because I used to watch my dad play, and uh, it wasn't as much football on the telly then in them days. I, I remember I used to love watching match of the day when I was old enough to stay up, and um, then obviously the biggest thing was the FA Cup final. You know watching that all day in the front room where the, the you know the cameras used to follow the buses from the hotels and yeah. everything where did your dad play he played for Flanethley he played up front the old man I mean he's got loads of things where he's scoring hat-tricks all the time 
Maisie won't know. Maisie knows him, so he won't believe it if he's... <laughs> Old Tom Jones. Maisie calls him Tom. <laughs> is that for his singing ability or a look oh, like... He's a good singer. Well, he, does. He, he sings in the Welsh... He sings in Neath Choir. Oh, wow. I think he's just miming. I think he mimes. <laughs> <laughs> he's just going for the beer. Is that something that you have inherited? The love of singing? I have sung a couple of times. I'm not going to sing for you now, I can tell you. I need a few bevies to get singing. <laughs> I'm sure Maisie's heard that singing voice at one stage. <laughs> Obviously, you played as a fullback. So when you were growing up and you watched your dad as a forward, at that point in your life, were you when you were playing, were you trying to score goals or were you always trying to keep them out? No, I was scoring goals. I played up front and midfield, really, most of my career except for, like I said, when we played at Wembley, I played fullback because I was playing for a team a year older than me. I was playing with Mark Hughes, Mark Bowen, and um, I was a year younger. I played the following year as well in the schoolboy. I mean, it's weird because you look at kids now, and I mean, I've coached the Welsh team as well, and the difference 20 years later where they, they're playing as a team, you know, because they got coached. We never got coached. Mm. When we growing up, I never got coached. At 14, 15... I mean, I'm playing at Wembley and I'm just playing from what I know or what's happened to me in the last four years. Luckily, it got us through the game. <laughs> I didn't do any mistakes and we actually beat them. For me, we still, for me, we won, but there was a goal cancelled out for the Sparky. Sparky scored a screamer from the edge of the box right in the top corner to make it 2-0 and it was disallowed for offside. And after the game, the referee said it wasn't offside, it was a foul for pushing. So he changed his mind. Needed VAR there. Funnily enough, the referee was from England. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't trust them. Well, referees, you can't. You need you need VAR, but you don't need referees doing VAR. You need. I think you need to get ex-players in doing it. I'd actually trust a Liverpool player on a decision, even the Man U Liverpool game against the referees. Would you? Oh, don't yeah. know about that, Clinton. Maybe not at Liverpool. Well, you know, straight, sure away. You know straight away. Yeah. We know he's cheating. You know, you can't get it's a TV. This is what's annoying me that referees now get every angle on the TV and they still get it wrong. Yeah. I mean, they, have, they do see the game differently to the players and the fans, which is wrong. Then all the rules need to be changed. Hey, I, I don't know who you want to pick. Suitness, anybody want, just change a few of the rules and it'll be a lot easier for the referees and everybody. Mm. Like the offside rule, they just need to go back to the advantage to the forward where you need space in between the player and the defender. If you can see space between them, he's offside. If there's not, he's not offside. It's just deciding how much that space is, though, isn't it? Well, let's get off that subject yeah, because yeah. we'll be here all bleeding day talking about that. <laughs> Clint, have yours, have yours supported United? No. I I had four years supporting dirty Leeds. Dirty Leeds. <laughs> yeah, I was. it was Peter Lorimer's fault. I was watching the World Cup and uh, I just followed him. He's, they were going on about it. They put a speed limit to his shooting. 70 mile an hour, so it just got my imagination. And I just followed him then. I mean, I wasn't really, a, I wasn't, to be fair, at the time then, I got the, the Sabutio team, everything. Yeah. They had the Omni Way kit and leads. I had the tags on the socks. What, what World Cup was that? 70? 70, wasn't it? 74, sorry. 74. 74. Was ten, I was 10, I think. Yeah, I was right. 10. <laughs> I think. Yeah. No, I was 10. But, uh, no, nah, it was just the whole thing where the, the shooting bit, and my old man used to be, very good at shooting with both feet. So, because I played, I played with him down the gym. Obviously, he was teaching me, and and uh, you know everybody used to run away when he went to go to have a shot. Everybody was like charging out the road. So yeah, you wouldn't believe it, would you, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 
No, it was he was he was quite a tough player, the old man. So when did when when did it turn to United then? I was I went to Chelsea six times as a kid, not on trial, but they just take it they take it down there. We had a a scout at the train at the the boys clubs we were playing at. So he used to just take the two or three of the best players down to Chelsea every you know holiday. Mm-hmm. So but I went to thirteen clubs as a kid and I went to Leeds as well. I went to Leeds, didn't like it. Went to United and it was sold straight away. I mean, I was playing against kids who were two or three years older than me as well, so I wasn't really getting a lot of joy when I played, but I just loved it. There. What was the reason why you, you, that United was the one for you? What was the difference? I'm not, I'm not, I just, like I say, when I got there, I loved the old thing, the cliff, the training ground, everything was like nice and compact. Everybody we trained with the first team. Well, you didn't train. You trained at the same time yeah. on the same area as the first team. You, you're brushing shoulders with the first teamers, which I think is a bit sad. That doesn't happen as much now. Mm-hmm. You know, for the kids, they, they've they've got a great facilities now, but you know they 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 spread they're, they're apart until they get into the the dining room. Mm-hmm. But it used to be great. Yeah, people like Ray Wilkins coming in, saying morning to everybody. And you know it was great getting to know, being rubbing shoulders with the first teamers, and then you get to you could be watching them and training as well. And you learn yeah. from the best players, the players who are playing. You look at the players who are playing in your position, and you can see what they're doing. Mm. And you know I think that's priceless as well. Mm. Did you ever feel nervous when you first started going and you first started seeing first team players and stuff? Yeah, I think everybody's nervous. You're nervous when you're doing something different, you haven't done it before. Um, like even just going to United, one of my first few games, we used to travel up from school. I remember playing Burnley. We played Burnley at the Cliff. And it was one of the, I knew that I said, oh, it was the hardest game I've ever played. And we won the game 6 1. <laughs> How old was you then? I'd have been 15, probably 14, 15. 14, 15. That was the, it was to be the Lancashire youth, something like that, the under 18s. Yeah. But I'm like, I was three years younger. Play above. Who was the manager, Clayton, whenever you were um, in the schoolboys? Dave Sexton was there when I was just about to sign. And when I, when I signed Apprentice, Big Ron took over. Mm. It was a U team coaches. That's a good question. It was uh, Sid Owen. You might not know him. Sid Owen was there. I think Eric came in then, and Eric was like mental. When he first came yeah. in, he was mad. I mean, he'd just been, he's been dealing with first teamers at Everton. And, you know, he came in and he, <laughs> I think he's wondering what he'd done joining out. We had a, I mean, we had a fantastic team, really. I mean, we got to the final of the Youth Cup, but one of his first games, we played Bolton away and we lost 4 0. You got Mark Hughes, Norman Whiteside on the team, Graham Hogg, Billy Garton, Mark Dempsey. You know, we had a lot of players who played in the first team, went on to play in the first team. Mm. I think it was one of them days where I mean the pitch was awful. It was it was on the old Bolton pitch, really muddy. But um, no excuse for four now. <laughs> and he let us know about it as well. And what position were you playing at that stage of your career? I was pretty much then, I was all over the place then. Mm. Midfield, I've got pretty much middle of midfield. You'd gone from the centre forward stage. No, well, yeah, I'm saying that. I mean, I, when I played in, when I moved up to the reserves, I was playing centre forward all the time. It kept because David Platt was playing centre forward, and I was actually in his way because I was when I'd got it. You know, you get into the first team, and when you're not, even when you played in the first team in those days, if I played 40, 50 minutes, I would be playing the reserve game in three days' yeah, time. Yeah. You yeah. play 70 minutes or something in the reserves for your fitness. Yeah. yeah. And that that was keeping him out of the first team. And then obviously he left to go to crew and he ended up being a he went into midfield there and ended up being a, a very good goal. Well, he's a good goal scorer, a great finisher, mm-hmm. Platy. As you're going through the academy, 
Yeah. As every year passes, are you focused on the next year or are you always looking to the first team thinking that's where I want to be? No, I was just looking at who we play next weekend. And I think you, you can only take football one step at a time. I mean, you start looking too far ahead, you never get there. You, you know, you're going to get, it's so easy to get injured. I'm just happy I never got any seriously bad injuries, which ruin your career. You know, a lot of players, they miss out because of that. Hmm. I mean, look, I mean, Ben Ben Thorny did brilliant. Ben Ben's done brilliant because he, he, I played in the game when he got injured. It was an awful challenge, and uh, you know, you think that's him done, but he still played after that. He still mm-hmm. played professionally after that. We've had Ben on the podcast, so people who are listening will be familiar with his story. But I think it would be really interesting to hear your 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 view of the events that happened that afternoon. Oh, it was oh, it was a cringe. I think it was an evening. I I think it was an evening game at Berry. And Ben's dribbler, you know, he's very fast and a really good dribbler. And he just had his head down. The guy's just straight legged him. He's without Ben knowing, as his, as he's put his leg down, he's straight legged him. And it was like, oh, he's, it was, that's where VAR comes in and he needs to be sent off and sent to jail. Yeah. It was, a, it was an awful challenge. You know, it was terrible. Clayton, growing up, um, you just stayed in Diggs then, would you? Yeah, we were in Diggs right near the cliff. Who's your mid? Who's your? Oh, you know, Ellen like it. I was in with um, Martin Russell, Kenny Scott. One's Northern Irish, one's the Southern Irish. <laughs> now, but they were great lads, good lads. Obviously, I, it was in. It was right across the road because Mark Hughes was in Diggs with uh, Graham Og as well. So we were all pretty much around the cliff. So it's it's you know it's walking distance. What was your landlady like? Um, she was okay. Quiet. Meals and stuff like that was it was did you did you mind leaving home and stuff like that did it bother you? It's weird because it. I mean, we were, I was doing it from fourteen. I was jumping on a train on the Friday and I was probably fifteen. It felt like it was fourteen, and you you taking seven hours on a train to get up to Manchester, jump on a taxi, and then I'd I'd rock up at a hotel. It wasn't a hotel. It's a big white building just near the, you know, Tesco's out near the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, on the main road there. Yeah. Then there's the swimming pools next to it. Just around the corner, there's a big white building which is falling apart now. And we used to, me and Norman, Norman used to fly over. He'd be over in an hour. I'd be like seven hours. <laughs> and we used to live, I mean, Norman never even spoke either. It was like from 14. I mean, I played against him quite a few times with Northern Ireland as well. And he very rarely spoke. And I look at him, you had his shaved head and you're like, Jesus, you don't want to mix, mess with him. <laughs> I thought he was about four years older than me. <laughs> when did the moment come for you, Quentin, that you call up, got the call up from Quentin. the first... Quentin. Quentin. <laughs> Tasker, make sure that stays in. Take it out. That is sensational. She is having a nightmare. <laughs> so when did you move from South Africa? Because you've lost the accent. <laughs> <laughs> In '85. Sorry, Clayton. <laughs> Clayton. Back in the room. <laughs> when did you get your first call up from Ron Atkinson? Did he pull you in and tell you what was the process of that? No, he never did that. He didn't do anything like that. It was uh, Ron always used to, on the Friday after training. The teams would go up on the there's a wooden board just as you walk down into the changing rooms at the cliff, and the teams would be on there. The A team reserves in the first team and that I mean it was we used to love it really because you like you got training and then you like that waiting you have your lunch and then they go right the teams are up mm. then everybody's running downstairs then and see what team you're playing in at the weekend so it was quite I, I enjoyed that whilst Maisie's got something funny to say I guess no 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 so, no, so I was going to say like so 
Yeah, I was Long looking at the A-team and I went, hang on, you, what is You look at the A-team, not on the A-team, no reserves. reserves. And then the first team. Yeah. No, it was that must have been some. That must have been some buzz, though, to see if your name up there. Yeah, it was a great buzz. I was very nervous, like, when I got it. I'm like thinking, oh, don't mess it up. <laughs> and who was in that team alongside you? Do you remember? Uh, midfield, it was Mr. Robson and Mr. Wilkins. I played right midfield, and um, we lost 2-0. And we were on, I think we were on £500 a win. <laughs> That's right, I was like that. What was your wage at that probably time? 60 quid or something. 60 quid. <laughs> well, I, I was probably on a little bit more then. It probably might have been 150 quid or something. I was 19 then, wasn't I? And what year was that? So that would have been... Oh, amazing. Are you serious? <laughs> 83. 83 was. Yeah, it was 83. Yeah. I can't believe it was like... You know, it was the it was I was gutted like you lose your first game, but it was nice to play with those kind of players. And uh, it was funny because the next game I played was the following season at Forest again. And this time I was playing left back. So in this game, we're two 0 up half time, and I'm thinking, what? This is a breeze. I've got the, I've got the cigars out already. Second half, we lose we lose three two. Who was you playing against? Who was the winger? I couldn't tell you. He was in the back no. pocket for the first half, yeah. <laughs> and ripped you a new one in the second. Big Gordon was at the. I was playing obviously Gordon McQueen centre back, and uh, we've got back in the changing rooms after the game, and uh, Big Gordon just came out and he said, "I thought you should have come for the second one to Gary Bailey," and uh, Gaz is like, "Gaz is six. He gets up and walks over, and he starts walking over to Gordon, and Gordon gets up and goes, bang, right in his forehead." <laughs> <laughs> I'm sat there going, not, I wasn't getting anywhere near them two. So Gordon's six foot four. Um, you know, obviously, I knew straight away then, don't cross big go-go. <laughs> but there you go, Rob, Rob and Big Ron are in trying to pull them apart. And he never, he never got to mention that. Well, I'm glad it has now. Tell us exactly what now. happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah don't, don't mess with big go-go. If you need anybody at the back you up, Gordon's the man. <laughs> Was there a lot of light in the changing rooms? No, I, to be honest, that was like the only one. It's the only one I can remember where you always have a few people having a yeah. go at each other, but nothing, no fisticuffs really. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just the two biggest players in the changing room. What are your memories of the class of 92 players around that time? Did the likes of David Beckham stand out from the crowd? I played with him my last season. I was playing with Bex and them at 16. Skulls, they were 16 and I think obviously they went out to Preston after that. But um, I was, I'd had a double earlier up and I was playing the, the season we won the double. I, I never played in the first team that year and I came back towards the end, probably the last four months of the season. And we won the reserve league for the first time in 36 years. So that was, a, we had a bit of a good run there because we'd won, we'd, stopped, we'd won the league. We hadn't won it for 26 years. And then obviously the first win in Europe for 23 years. And then the reserve league was even more. That was like 33 years. And Beckham? Um, it was funny because Cruz was over. He was training with the club, his son. And uh, obviously I was at the club then and training. And I, th- I actually thought he, had, he, he did really well when he was uh, a few of the coaches thought they went uh-uh, straight away. But for me, he was one of the bigger lads and he was growing. So, And he, had, he scored, a, a scored from 25 yards out and he scored a header. And I'm like thinking, what do you want to, what, what do you want a kid to do? What more do you want? Yeah. 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 You know, when he, you know, he's he's under, he's just come over from America and all that. And uh, but you know, for me, that he actually run like Bex as well. His legs were the same. He's got similar mm-hmm. legs to Dave's got special legs. He's got for him to do that many 
top crosses. Sam likes nice legs. <laughs> he loves Harry Maguire's hey, legs. I want, the best, I want the best legs in the sun, mate. The sun, it was a boat. Oh, we don't, we're not interested in that. <laughs> Tell him, what was it like, um, as you say, Big Ron gave you your debut and stuff like that. What was Big Ron like as a manager? Uh, you got on with him? Yeah, I got on. I think everybody gets on with him, but he's, I mean, for me, um, I remember I, one of the seasons, I had a really good start to the season. I'd scored two, I think I was top scorer. Well, the only scorer, I should say, we beat, I scored against Dynamo Kiev and Real Sociedad at Old Trafford. And I played the first three or four games, I think. And then he'd left, obviously, Robbo was injured. So I was playing in Robbo's spot, which obviously you're not going to have that for too long. Yeah. You know, he's going to come back and, you know, he's the best player in, our, in the team. So, but obviously there's other players you could leave out. <laughs> so I yeah. hit the crossbar in these three games. Oh, sorry, we played Arsenal. We hit the, I hit the crossbar really late in the game and then they scored and beat us 1-0. Then it was West Ham, it was 2-2. I hit the crossbar again and then they go up, I think, Fat McAvenny scored. I think we, we, we ended up losing 3-2. Kevin Moran scored, give a... Did he score? I think he scored a ridiculous on goal in that one. But, uh, you know, I, I thought I was playing well. It was the best I was playing. Yeah. You know, in the team and my general play. Then we played Charlton, I think it was, which probably killed it. It was like a it was really damp squid of a game. They beat us 1-0. And I just remember we struck trying to pass the ball to me and he's missed me by like five or six yards. And then he leaves me out of the team. I'm like thinking, why don't you leave him out? Leave Strack yeah. and I'll play in his place. But, you know, you're, like, you, you're always... And I think that's the thing with players. You know, you have an idea whether you should be playing or whether you're not... You know, the lad who's in front of you is better than you. Yeah. So, but, you know, for me, he loved his big names. Was he was he approachable or was he...? He, he was, and he wasn't. It was, a, it was a weird one. I know he he's sacked a couple of players uh, in the middle of the cliff training ground. He was having a bottle of champagne or something. <laughs> and he's, I think he's with his missus as well. And he sat one of the players. Well, he didn't say. He just says like, "We're not. We don't need you anymore." And he, you know, released them. So he sat with his champagne and his umbrella up at the cliff, <laughs> drinking champagne. Yeah, on the halfway. I think he was on the halfway line. As trainings, as trainings going on. No, no, this is no, obviously not. No, it was. He was just having a drink there, and obviously, he's, Danny's instead of him going up to see him in his, in his office because it was sunny. I mean, he loved his son a bit, then he liked me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, people uh, listening may have noticed at the moment that you haven't really sort of described yourself playing in a in a specific position. There's lots positions, of talk of different yeah, positions, yeah. and at this time, shirt numbers related to positions, didn't they? So there weren't squad numbers as there are today. It no. was the right back will be number two, the left winger will be yeah, number yeah, eleven, yeah. and you are one of few players who played and wore every single shirt number from two to eleven. Yeah, I couldn't find one that fit me. <laughs> None of them look good on me. <laughs> what What do you think made you so versatile? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. My, my old man was a bit similar. He played in midfield, up front and defence. I think if you're a footballer, you can do that. And I think if you do it well enough, you know, a manager's going to use you then in those. But it, sometimes it worked against you because, you know, mm. everybody's fit and you're on the bench. And you're a good sub then because you can come on yeah. in any position without changing the rest of the team. But, you know, I, I think most people can do that anyway. I've seen Maisie play up front. I've seen him play in midfield. There you go. How did that go? <laughs> well, he's, he scored when he went up front. I did start at the back and I was venturing forward, <laughs> but I just couldn't get back. 
I just you were, stayed up there. You were just wrecked. <laughs> I probably was wrecked. <laughs> no, you were wrecked. <laughs> what was um what was the transition then, Clayton? So big runs in there. When do you hear about Sir Alex coming into the managerial position? It was round the Southampton game, wasn't it? I think we lost down at Southampton. I think it was it Liam O'Brien. I think Liam got sent off or something like just, just things just went a bit pear and then I just remember the Strack started talking to us about Sir Alex coming down and what he was like. As Big Ron was manager still? No, I don't know. No, 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 that never happened. He wasn't talking. No, when he, when he went and then we found out that Sir Alex was coming in, then Strack's telling us what he's like because he's obviously played under him at Aberdeen. Do you remember what he said he was like? Yeah, he was worse. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was blood. He was, I think the manager went... Like anybody, I think you can get frustrated when you've played the game and you know what people should be doing. Mm. And if they're not doing it, that can be, I must be really frustrating as a manager. Yeah. I mean, you can watch Pep, you can see they're all getting upset. I mean, they're sitting there playing fantastic football and, you know, he's still getting upset because he knows somebody's not doing what they should be doing. And I think he needed, sometimes he did it. I mean, we, I remember we were nil nil in one game and he went crazy at half time. You know, we didn't expect it. And it's just it's to get get a reaction out of you, get you going, mm-hmm. you know, work harder. Mm. I mean, it is difficult. When you go out in a game, at the start of a game, you've got 90 minutes to get through. And depend, obviously, depending on what position you're at. When I played in the middle midfield, it was really difficult. It was so hard. The amount of running you had to get through, I came off the pitch feeling sick. And that might mm. have even been before the end of the game. Because <laughs> yeah. there was so much running involved. How much did you notice the club change in, in the difference from Sir Alex coming in and, and Big Ron going? Well, I remember, you know, he straight away he tried to stamp the drinking culture out, which I think the thing the manager was way ahead of himself. He was given, he, he started bringing us in on a Sunday for, to get rid of the lactic acid, which was never done before. And he's, he's, he's actually given us the amount of staff he had. He was massaging our legs. The gaffer was. The gaffer, Archie and Jim McGregor. I mean, he's washed my legs once before. <laughs> washed them? Not much of a massage, I can tell you now. That's how you get prize-winning legs right there. Get yeah, Sir Alex to wash them. Because as soon as he touched them, it was in the papers the next day. <laughs> Beat Gary Lineker, better legs. They're a bit short, they are. So he was actually massaging players' legs? Yeah, he's got ways to break. We haven't got staff, do we? The only staff is Jim McGregor, physio. Then you've got Sir Alex and Archie. That's mental. I mean, Norman Davis, he wasn't going to do it, the kit man. Norman had way too much no. stuff to do. He had the kit to do, the, taking all the kit, the kit from the, the dryers and, you know, cleaning them. And he was doing so much. It was unbelievable. Mind you, we used to do it with him. <laughs> so what was it like whenever you first met Sir Alex, going back a little bit before the leg massaging? Uh, what was it like when you first met him, when he first came oh, into the club? It was a tricky one because I just got married and... Uh, I'd obviously organised to go away. Oh dear! <laughs> yeah, and uh, I told the gaffer, and he's uh, he's uh, he's brought the team back a week earlier than Big Ronda was going to. So I'm away, and I mentioned it to him, and he says, "No, you're okay, not a problem." He was great with it. And he says, "No, you're yeah. okay, no problems." I came back. He never spoke to me for a month. <laughs> <laughs> the first time he came up to me, he came up to me because you're playing against Spurs tomorrow. And that was like that. What did you do for that week then, Clay? Where was you? You was away on honeymoon. Yeah. So obviously you would have been away training as well, or was you yeah, just yeah, on I the lash? And... I, I just went running. 
because all we did in those days was running pre-season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So did that, went back, and he never spoke. I played in the reserves for a while. Just got fit in there. Were you worried about that? <laughs> yeah, I think you are at first because you like you, you go what, one week, two weeks, three weeks. <laughs> you start thinking your numbers marked already. <laughs> yeah, but you know we weren't we weren't in a great place as a team then anyway. So it was he's obviously trying people out and trying to find who's who's good enough to stay in the team. And how did you play when you played that game against Spurs? Good question. Ask me an easier one. <laughs> I couldn't. Uh, I can't even remember what the score was. Well, you mustn't have played badly. As Lee Martin would say, I'm happy to be there. Happy, just happy to be in the team. What was it like? Um, obviously, big Ron's gone. He's come in. The discipline. Did you find it difficult, or was it just no, no, no? I, I think they, they, well, they did have a drink culture, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Everybody, to be fair, everybody did. And uh, I mean, Gary was talking about it the other day or something. They, you know, they started changing then, and it was. I think obviously it was down to the gaffer. Um, like I say, he tried to stop it, and I think um, somebody mentioned he's got his own. He doesn't. He drinks on a Wednesday, but then that's it. Thursday for doesn't drink forty eight hours before a game, and we all pretty much went down that road. Which looking back, even that he shouldn't be drinking forty eight hours before a game. Fourteen. Forty eight. Forty eight. Sorry, fourteen. <laughs> I know. I was thinking that. I mean, I think it may, it makes a difference. Obviously, you're not tired. You're not dehydrated. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy. I mean, we used to do it away. He used to go mad with the Welsh thing when we went away with Wales. We'd be coming back the next day. And we're like, by the time we get back, if we, especially if we were playing abroad, you'd you know you'd be getting back to Manchester at four or five in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. So you you know there's no then you train on this Friday, and we used to look at the they used to give the marks out of ten, of all the players. Oh, we, we used to get the papers and have a look at all the Welsh lads. Everybody's on five, four and five, because <laughs> it just there's no energy in your body, yeah. which was very unprofessional. Clayton, you did enjoy a good run in the team under Sir Alex Ferguson, though. I think you kind of cemented your place from about ni- 1987. Is that fair to say? Uh, it was what I, I think it's, it's the same for anybody. You, you go through, I mean, it was, I think it was a little bit harder because when you're playing in different positions, you can't just slot into it. You need to build a bit of confidence in that position. Yeah. Sometimes it is. You'll do something straight away and you're okay. I mean, I'll, I'll have probably gone into a position now and again and not done well and you're like oh my god well you know you, you, your head's starting to go because you can't do anything right and in those days the pitches were so bad I mean you, you had to you had to watch the ball all the time till it got to your foot you know mm. you can't look away mm. it was bobbling and you're like you're always blaming yourself about the bobbles and I saw one the other day somebody's passed the ball back to the goalkeeper and he's had that bobble straight over his foot and it's there's nothing you can do about that mm. but mm. you do blame yourself when you're playing on those days you're like, you've got 40,000 there and you're like, your ball bubbles over your foot. And I think that had a key thing. I mean, the first time we won the league, the pitch was re-turfed halfway through the season. And it makes a massive difference when you can play, when you're trying to break a team down, you need the pitch to be good, you know, around, especially around the, the penalty areas. I mean, I, I, just, I remember one one time, we the pitch was so bad at Old Trafford. We've had eight years of a, a sand pit. And we, we decided to go along. We just went route one. We knocked it up to Brian McClare and Peter Davenport, who were not big, you know, and we knew they weren't going to win the headers. And then we got the midfield to pick up the second ball. And then we're playing in their half and just, you know, attacking their defence all the time. And mm. we won every game doing it that way. So, you know, you've got to play to the conditions as well. A lot of the pitches are different sizes. 
I mean, the team this year have done really well. They've gone to Everton. I hate watching us play at Everton because it's such a tight pitch and they outclass them. And, you know, they, they're doing that a lot in a lot of the games. Mm. Before we get to winning the league, Clayton, you won a few before then. Yeah. Take us back to um, 91, Clayton. Barcelona. Yeah, I mean, it was a good, like you say, Helen said, you know, as the first season, I pretty much played in one position, played left back all season. Um, I think I picked up nine goals, a couple in the, the Cup Winners' Cup run. And uh, no, it was obviously one, when you're playing that many games, I mean, I'd rather play further forward. And I was more of an attacking fullback than a defensive fullback. Yeah. But you, you're there. I always say to kids now, if you can't get back, don't go forward mm-hmm. if you're a fullback. If you can't get back when they're attacking, and that's just a bit of hard work, you know, you yeah. should be able to get back. Unless, obviously, the eight is 60 yards. There's not much you can do then. But you still got to get back then because you never know what's going to happen. The more players you've got back defending. And I think that was a key thing with when we were playing. We used to do that. Everybody used to get back behind the ball. Once they got past you, get back behind the ball as mm-hmm. quick as you can. And you're harder to beat them. 91 was the um, Cup Winners' Cup. Yeah. What was that? What was that season like? Because you, had you just missed out on the league there as well. When Leeds won it, the old league, we, we should have we should have won that. It was it was eighty nine ninety, and we for me we were the best. I mean, they always say the best team wins it, which normally they do. But we'd played Leeds three or four times, and we'd beaten them. Eric was playing for them as well, right? And we'd we'd played really well in the games, and well, we just changed the system a little bit. We went from a four four two. And we played one up front and we stopped scoring goals. I think for 21 games, we scored 42 goals. And then the next 21 games, we scored 21. Hmm. And we just had a mountain of games. It was mountain on top of each other. And we had four games at the end of the season to play in a, in a week. Yeah. Which was like, it's, you know, it's crazy. You can't do that. But, you know, you know the, the league and the FA, they're never going to be... The people there, they're usually from other clubs, not from Manchester United. <laughs> So the year, so the nineteen ninety one uh, ninety one comes round. You win the, the cup winners cup. Cup winners cup. We won the cup, then we in the ninety. Yeah, the FA Cup in nineteen ninety, right? Yeah, we won the FA Cup. Big Snows won the cup for us, and then uh, I was a bit upset because I I skimmed one from thirty yards in the first leg in the FA Cup final in the extra time, and I was a bit oh the keeper's beaten, but that's how that's how close you can be to being. Super superstar like Snoz. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like playing in the FA Cup final? Yeah, I mean, like you say, I, I played, like I said, I played at Wembley when I was 15. But, you know, that's your dream playing in an FA Cup final. And then obviously, there was only one or two subs then as well. So you were lucky to get in the squad then. And uh, obviously, I played in the first one. And I, I was just uh, so close to scoring from there. And that would have been it. it was, there was no time left, really. But um, it was great walking out of Wembley and. What's your memories of it? Yeah, it's just that really. The, the, you know, walking out the tunnel or standing in the tunnel. Yeah. And uh, you know, you're waiting to come out, and it was great. You know, you walk out the big walk. You've been, like I said, when you when I was a kid, that's what you used to dream about, and now you're doing it yourself. Even and we were like, I was even looking up to see if the helicopters are following mm. us. And we got Manchester United written on the top of the bus for them. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, nah, it was great, and obviously. They weren't a bad team either. So, you know, Palace had just beaten Liverpool and they were very lively, especially righty. Mm. But um, it was the big decision was obviously dropping Jimmy in the second leg, which I I thought he was right to do that. Obviously, he was because we, we had a clean sheet the next game. Yeah. So you, were, uh, you started the first one that was 3-3? No, no, I came off the bench. 
Oh, did you? Okay. And this is at the point where the FA Cup final was, if it was a draw, there was no extra time penalties. They just replayed the entire game, which yeah. now feels so bizarre that that would happen. Um, and then in the second one, did you not get on? No, I didn't get on the second one. Right, okay. So well, I suppose it doesn't matter because you played in... Yeah, I got a, I got a taste in the first one. I got a good... Uh, yeah. I can't remember what time we came on. I got about 40 minutes, I think. So it was nice to get on there. Obviously, then I got on there again at the start of next season when we played Liverpool in the Charity Shield and yeah. managed to score against them. So that was that made up for not starting in the in that game. <laughs> what was your team spirit like as a group then? Yeah, it was always good. Always good. I've never had a bad team spirit at United at any level. And I think I think because we especially growing up through the ranks, I think that's what's helped them, Gary Neville and all them, the, the ninety two boys, you, everybody's trying to beat you. You get that feeling from a kid you know they're all wanting to beat United. And it is. Yeah. I mean, if, if I was playing for another team and I'm playing against Manchester United, you want to you want to beat them. You want to do well. You like mm. on trial. If you can do really well, you might get, you know, they might go, mm. oh, we'll take him. He's not bad. So the, the year after is a Cup Winners' Cup. Yeah. What was that like? Yeah, I mean, it's again the same thing. You know, we've, we're a bit disappointed with the league, but again, but, you know, we've had a lot of games. Did we? I think we played Sheffield Wednesday as well, didn't we? So we had Sheffield Wednesday in the cup as well, League Cup final. But at this time in the like the Fergie early years, did you feel as though something was special going to happen, or was it just a case of? Well, no, I don't think you think special. No? I mean, winning—you never know because we hadn't done anything. We hadn't won, you know. We no, won but the that's FA it. Cup. We'd won the FA Cup. It's a cup, you know. Thinking you're going to win the league. I mean, we should have won it. Like I said, like I thought against Leeds, but. Uh, you don't know what's going to happen. In the next 10 years, you haven't got a clue what's going to happen. No, no, but what I'm saying is under Big Run, it was more of a cup team. But now you're thinking, you know, you're doing well in the league. You, you know, you come so close to winning it. Yeah. Was there any thought of like, you know, surely we must be knocking on the door shortly? Well, yeah. We were, for me, we were already knocking on the door. Like I said, the Leeds, the Leeds and the league thing, I knew then we were good enough to win the league. Yeah. I knew then we were good enough. I, I mean, I've played in a lot of teams and like I said, I'll blame the pitch a lot. We're looking back at it, and some of the good we had some really good teams. I've played with people with Frank Stapleton and them, and the pitch was really bad. But I think we'd realised. Well, I don't know if anybody realised whether we got lucky when we won the league. You know, changing the pitch. I mean, if you looked that year where we where we did the, win the cup winners cup, the pitch was wasn't great then again. Mm. But you know, it, I found European football a lot easier than the Premier League. Yeah, you know, they give you more time and it's more technical. And, you know, as my game is more of a passing game, so they give you a bit more time on the ball. And I think British teams, I mean, years ago, we won seven, they, they won seven European Cups in a row. And it's from the work rate, working hard. I mean, we played Barcelona, who were favourites by a mile, and they, they, they very rarely got a shot in. I don't know how many mm. shots they had in the game, but obviously the Koeman one, which hit the pole, it yeah. took Les to score that one. Diving header. What about previous in, in a couple of games before you scored an absolute world of a free kick where the goalkeeper threw it in? Oh, the Montpellier one. Now, obviously, that was in the, the Cup Winners' Cup run. Um, yeah. For me, that was my most important goal I've ever scored because we were. Was it? Yeah, they were very, very good. They came to Old Trafford. We won a lot when we give them a. It was obviously we didn't give them a goal. It was, I think, Lee's trying to guide the ball past the post and Big Pete was right out on him. Big Pete had come out and he had Pete should have said something before. He said yeah. something afterwards, like he does, yeah. but he should have said it before. 
you know, he's trying to blame Lee and Lee's just trying to clear that it was such a good ball across the box. And so they've got the away goal. And we went over there, Valderrama was playing, Lauren Blanc, you know, they had a de decent team, but they were tough. They were really, I thought they were tougher than the Barcelona game. Mm -hmm. I found the Barcelona game easier than the Montpellier game. But in that game, like I say, Incy, Incy's got totaled in that game. The guys just studded him right down his thigh and it must have been a good foot long, a gash right down his leg. And I always remember Gary Lineker saying there's a bit of a grass burn. <laughs> so, so Incy's found out, and he? He said, he said it's a grass burn. We get to the airport and Lineker's at the airport. Incy goes over and goes, pulls his bottoms down and goes, is that a grass burn? Pulls the dressing back. And honestly, <laughs> I, I saw it and it was like, oh, it took a skin out of his leg about that long. Uh, oh, it was... Bleh. So I've then gone from left back into midfield for Incy. And uh, I think I hit the post. Uh, and then I got the penalty. So I had a really good impact on the game in that game. Yeah. Near, it was an important goal because we hadn't had a shot of goal. Till, that's why I shot. I thought, we've not had a shot here. And I've just hit it. And they, obviously the goalkeepers fumbled big style. But, you know, it, I think it was slowing down. It was that far out. It was it was nearly what the dribbled. <laughs> It like dribbled over the line in it. <laughs> but you could see, if you look at the bench, you could see how important the goal yeah, was. Course, you know, yeah. we, we really needed that. It's probably a very difficult question, but which out of the the trophies that you won would have been your favourite? Cup Winners' Cup. I mean, I look, obviously, it was such an important thing, the league. Yeah. Because it had gone, and I just got fed up with it because I'd had 14, all the time I've been out, it was 15, 16 years, it was going on and on and on. Yeah, the pressure had just gone. And it was just when we'd won it. I was just it was nice to get that off your shoulders. Yeah. And you know, the, it was obviously it was it was it was worse as well because obviously we didn't win it playing a game. We were like sat at home yeah. watching the game and then twiddling your thumbs. What should we do next? Mm. <laughs> Let's go get drunk. The Cup Winners' Cup became the UEFA Cup, which is now the Europa League. What do you? Do you, do you prefer it in its current iteration, or did you prefer it when it was a when it was a competition of teams that had won the, the cups cup. in their leagues? Yeah, well, it's, it makes sense to be the cup winners' cup, doesn't it? So every, all the teams that win the cups in their countries, you know, it's makes sense yeah. to be playing in that. But I mean, I think the worst thing they did was move it to a Thursday. I mean, obviously for TV and all that, that's where they've done that. But it it sort of devalued it, obviously, because Liverpool were in it as well, and then we've just hammered them. Because we were in the Champions League all the time, we've hammered them. So <laughs> you're in that, but it's like the second biggest cup to win, mm. Europa. And mm. we obviously, when Jose was there, we were lucky that we, you know, we won it, and that was, I think, that was the last one we needed to win, really. After winning uh, the Premier League, Clayton, you probably were in and out of the team a little bit because, as you said, you could play in a number of positions. Yeah. Did you find that quite difficult, not having that stamp? on the team as you had done previous seasons? Yeah, but I, I, I had the injury come in and I was, yeah. I was, it was a weird, I, I remember doing it in training and it was, I was doing it, I did it in a reserve training session. The reserve manager just said, uh, Mr. Ryan, Jimmy Ryan, he said, don't, don't be sliding in, don't slide in. Because we were playing like a, a transfer game where you got one group, uh, one group in the middle and they, you have to run in and get the ball and I used to run in and slide in so they had to clear <laughs> In those days, we used to dive in and training. And he obviously didn't want anybody getting injured. And then I remember just overstretching them instead of diving and something popped. 
and then it was just an ongoing thing. What, what was it he did? It was a hernia. Hernia. Mm. A hernia, and it just got worse and worse. And then I've got Jim McGregor's telling me, right, Sharp, I know all the plays, Sharpie's had it done. And then he's gone back in and had a groin operation because yeah. he'd had one side done. What happens? The other side's weaker, so that goes. And Jim McGregor's sussed this out, told me, whatever you do, don't let him cut into your groin. And he said, and he said, just do. And I, I spoke to loads of players about it done, and within a year they're back in if they've only done one side. So I said, I said to the fifth surgeon, I want to do both sides, and he says, I don't do that. And I says, I know, but I want it doing. I've told him, you know, and he's like, and he wouldn't do it. So bang on, a year later I was back in. And he goes, how did you know this? How did you know that? And I'm like, just from talking to other people about it done. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's and then the next person he does is, a, I think he did a 16 year old at our club, did both sides back in four or five weeks. But it's like it was an ongoing thing. And this side is getting worse and worse right through the league. So you're carrying it a bit. You're carrying yeah. an injury. And it was, uh, it was just really annoying. can't do that. I wish, you obviously, what you wish what happened the following five seasons where I get myself fit. Because I wasn't fit enough that year when I finished with the season that in the reserves, with it was with Robbo and them and... Rob was obviously going to Middlesbrough, and he, was, he, he thought I was doing well enough to take him, take me to Middlesbrough. But I knew I wasn't fit. You know, mm. I'd, I'd put a bit of weight on as well, which I needed to lose. And the stupid thing about it, in 2000, probably six years later, Big Sam got me as fit as I've ever been. <laughs> what, what was it like leaving United, Claire? Was it? A... Yeah, it was a massive wrench. It was, it was a new adventure, but it wasn't. How did it come about? Well, like we say, I was Rob was. He was yeah. in for the. He was looking at getting the Wolves job, and then somebody else took that in the middle of the season. But we were in the FA Cup, so they were playing in the FA Cup, and you know they they kept playing the second team in the reserve. You know in the mm-hmm. in the it might have been the league club. I think we were play, we lost the Villa three one. Yeah, I mean I just I just didn't feel. I thought it was time to leave as well. Obviously, I've been there 14, 15 years. The young lads weren't in the team. Then obviously goals in them. But you can see there's a lot of good talent coming through. But the first team, have, they were in a great shape. Yeah. You know, you got Konchalskis and Giggsy. Giggsy's there forever. And, uh, you know, Kino was there. Robbo was still there. We had a fantastic squad of the team then. And uh, very powerful right through the team. And uh, obviously when Robbo decided he was leaving, and I just thought... What was your contract situation? Had anything left on your contract? I, don't know if I, I can't remember, to be honest. I can't remember. It wasn't like uh, it was time to leave. No. That's what annoyed me because the gaffer didn't like say off your pop. No. And I'm thinking when you look back, you think, especially when I got to 2000, I'm fitter than I've ever been. Yeah. Because I used to work, you were working non stop. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it is what it is. You well, that, was six years, that, that was six years after you left United, though, wasn't it? You left in 93, yeah, yeah, 94. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. I, all I needed to do was get myself fit for me. Yeah. And I'd get myself mm-hmm. in. Then obviously, I think Dennis it had took a really six bad years. Then, uh, yeah. <laughs> No, that's I got fitter than I've ever been in football. Then, <laughs> right? You know, it's just the training. It, you know, you've, it takes a while to get all the experience, and you know, we always used to train hard in mm. pre-season. But you know, I mean, I don't know. So it was a wrench to leave. Did the gaffer oh, say definitely. anything? It's always going to be a wrench. Yeah. Did the gaffer say anything to you? Well, obviously, he said he'd look after us with a uh, testimonial. So yeah, I mean, the manager was fantastic. You know, he's a yeah. great. He's always look, he always looks after all his players. Yeah, I was it was looking back. I mean, I, when I got there, it was like obviously we win the league first time out. Yeah, with Robbo managing. Yeah, 
the championship. The champion that was the one we'd been trying to get for twenty odd years, and then we didn't get it. And uh, then we go and win it with them. So we, you know, we had a good run in the cup as well. Is it then he moved stadiums? Everything went, really, you know, it was good, all good really. Going to Middlesbrough, but he's still looking back at the proper club <laughs> where you were thinking, yeah. if only I'd stayed a bit longer. You know, you, you're going like that with your medals. <laughs> what was it like playing for Brian? Yeah, he, honestly, first year he was he was really good. I thought he did everything he would. I would expect him to do. He was still playing at the time, and I think that was a key thing for him. You know, anybody's if he's on the pitch because he's getting tired as well. He's getting older. Anybody messing up and making it harder for him, he's putting them right. Mm-hmm. And I think once he stopped playing, he didn't quite do that as much. And but we you know the thing is you win. We were winning games. When you're winning games, you're, you're trying to build confidence. And I, I always thought our defence wasn't good enough there. It was about three or four players who weren't good enough to be in the Premier League. And we we actually, funnily enough, when we first went up to the, we used to travel up and down with Viv and uh, Robbo. And we said, you know, if we go up, do you think these lads are good enough? And we all agreed on three or four of them not being good enough. Mm. And what were Middlesbrough doing? They were going up and coming down, going up, coming down. What was it like for you to make that step? Because obviously at the time Middlesbrough were in what was Division One, is now the Championship. Yeah. So was it difficult to think, season or so before, you've won the Premier League and now you're leaving it entirely? Yeah, it wasn't. I think, obviously, Rob was a big a big thing. Big, You know, Rob was... He's dragged me out. Viv as well. I know Viv, Viv was at Barnsley at the time. Do you think Do you think if Robbo had not gone, you wouldn't have gone? I, no, I don't think I would have gone, no. No. That wouldn't, it wouldn't have been in my mind to go. No, but they were talking about it all the time. We we're, you know, we we're, we're playing in games or with subs, and we're like, I remember he was organising what players they needed Middlesbrough when we was we had the FA Cup that year to win the double. Because <laughs> <laughs> he obviously made his mind up; he's going to leave at the end of the season. Yeah, you know, him and the gaffer had sorted that out, and he'd even he'd, he'd even signed me up really before we'd the end of the season. Hmm. So it was, yeah, I blame him. It's his fault. You blame Robbo. <laughs> Blaming Robbo for taking me away from me. Just, just touching on Robbo. What obviously, there's so many people who who love Robbo and stuff like that. But what made Robbo so special as a one as a captain, as a player, as a leader, as a what? What was so special about him? I mean, everybody knows how good he was as a player, but they don't know what he's like in the background. And for a lot of the kids, he would then, especially with Big Ron. Big Ron was larger than life. He's got mm. go, you go into the room and you get blinded by the gold on him. So you're like, but he used to go and negotiate for the players. I mean, you know, he, he's trying to get a really good deal for the players. Where you yeah. go in and Ron would be like, I could have done with him going in, seeing him when I was, <laughs> he probably have got me a better deal. <laughs> but, you know, he was, I mean, obviously he was his first signing and his, mm. his, uh, his big Ron's favourite player was obviously Rob Owen. For me, he, he was he was the epitome of a ma- of a captain. Everything he did was the right thing, you know. The way he played, the energy he put into a game. When you were down, he'd be fighting back and getting you to do it. Yeah. And you know he's dragging you along. And like I said, off the field, he used to help the kids. He didn't need to, didn't have to, but he had no. time to help the lads. You know, with their contracts. In those days, it wasn't. There weren't agents around. There wasn't as much money around. So. 
you know, he was he was great down that road as well. You eventually went on to play for Middlesbrough for five years, but a couple of loan spells in there. How did they come about? Um, Bristol City, I went on loan. I needed to get, I wasn't playing and I, I needed to get fit. And for, it was the year, the year they went down, they were bottom of the league as well, which was really annoying me. You know, I couldn't get in the team and, you know, they, they, were, they, were, they weren't playing that great. So I went away, did five matches with Bristol City, realised how hard it was in the lower leagues. It was a, it was a maddest thing. I played five games and we played Bristol Road. We finally enough, Lee was playing, Lee Martin was playing for the, in the Bristol derby against us. And uh, I've never had to run. It was like the old days doing training. I've run yeah. and run and run because people weren't, they weren't doing jobs, but I've been brought up a certain way where you, know, you don't leave a runner go. And then you're seeing somebody else leaving a runner going, you're picking his runner up and you're doing loads of other jobs where you shouldn't be doing. And I just mm. got, it was so hard. And then I went back and played, my next game was, I played for Middlesbrough against Everton. You know, they've got Duncan Ferguson, Neville still playing. And we win 4-2. I played in the middle midfield and it was a doddle. And I scored. And I'm like, I just, couldn't, <laughs> I, I just couldn't explain what happened going down two leagues. I'll, and they were good players, the team in that Bristol City. I said to them, you lot should be coming up. They had two of the best left footers on the left. They had a really strong spine, the team. The goat was there. I fed the goat a couple of times. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they, they had a really good team, but didn't come up. Mm. They definitely should have come up that year, that, that team. We never lost a game when I was playing. But you enjoyed you enjoyed your time there overall at Middlesbrough? <laughs> yeah. The only thing, like I say, the hanging over was, should I have left United? Yeah. You know, and... Do you still think about that? Yeah, when you, when you bring it up, yeah, I, I do know. And I would... If you give me the choice now, I would definitely, I'd be on that training field, get myself as fit as I could at United. Yeah. I wouldn't have gone. Hindsight. I think, I don't know if we've got the answer. What did Sir Alex say when you told him that you were going to go? Did he want you to stay? Was he happy for you to go? I, well, it was nothing to do with me. It was just Robbo. <laughs> it, was, it was between Robbo and, <laughs> and the gaffer. So, so you never spoke to him? No, he didn't say I had to go. He didn't say, he, they no. just, Robbo's obviously asked him, can I go? And he's obviously not going to stand in the way. Because we've got yeah. a lot of good players coming through, and we had a mm. really good team anyway. So I mean, nobody knew. I think Dennis was out for a year. How long was Dennis out? He had a really bad injury, didn't he? Yeah, it was something like that. But you never know what's going to happen in football. And mm. you know, if I stayed, it could have been me playing right back. And you just, you just don't know what could have happened. What was the moment like for you then, when you were watching the events of 1999 unfold? Were you still thinking, "Oh my goodness, why did I no, leave no, them?" No, I, I don't think I'd have been there then. To be honest, I don't think I'd have still been there then. Well, it was only five years before, wasn't it? Yeah, no. Well, you, well, you say that. Yeah, three year old then. Yeah, to be fair, it was that's when I got I was at my fittest. <laughs> exactly, that's what you said. <laughs> yeah, because we we actually came back when I was Notch County in my last season, and I I came back and played in the Gaffers uh, testimonial game because mm-hmm. they had a team out Karekka and all them Gaza, and then we all played. They had the three sevens in it: Beckham, Eric Cantona. And Brian Robson, we all came out for the last 40 minutes or the last 30 minutes. But I was actually injured. I'd got injured at Berry on the Saturday. I scored and we won 3-1. But I was playing wing back and I was running up and down. I had a bit of a muscle spasm in my calf. And as soon as I ran on the pitch, they're all Trafford. Jesus. And I'm like thinking, it's on the telly. It was live on the telly. So I'm thinking, Big Sam's now watching me and he's going to know I'm injured. <laughs> And I passed myself fit, <laughs> but I got—I actually got a week's wage. I got banned a week's wages. 
because Did I you? played in that game. No way. Sam didn't do much because he, he slid his resignation under the door on the Wednesday. The, the day after, he took us out for a drink and slid his resignation under the door. <laughs> but I still got fined a week's wages for not being fit. I knew then. I, was, I just walked away. When he left, it was just chaos. Gary Brazil took over this. And it was just like I'd been injured, that injury. And when I came back, all the fans were asking me, when are you going to be fit? And I says, I'm fit. They're just, I'm not in the, I couldn't get in the squad. They didn't want me there. They were trying to get me out. Why? Because they thought I was going to take the manager's job at the end of the season. Mm. Would I had no badges. I wasn't interested. I just wanted to play. Yeah. So I just, I, I just had enough of it. Then it was going on and on and on. And the stupid thing, right at the end of the season, last game of the season, Gary Brazil goes to the lads, look, I just want you to thank Graham for all of his efforts. And we're all like, oh, they've obviously been binned. <laughs> and he didn't even know Graham. He's like gone. <laughs> and he was like, oh, that was a bad situation. And I just, I actually hadn't walked away from football. Disillusioned or? Oh, yeah, especially with the, the way things are going behind the scenes. Yeah. But that was, I think, I don't know what it was, 35. But I was fit. Yeah. I think it doesn't matter. If you're fit and you can run around and do the leg work, that's fine. Yeah. You know, I was a ball player anyway. But, you know, I mean, I, I, I played with Ryan when he was 43. And he looked fitter then than he did when I started playing with him. Did you always have a special bond with the Welsh players at United and other clubs? Yeah, obviously. I think, uh, obviously, playing for your country. And we had, obviously, we had a good time as well. So... <clears throat> I think that helps when you, we had a really good spirit. It's like we, we when we talking played, about Wales played Leeds, now or yeah yeah United, when, we, yeah, Wales. when we played when we played against Leeds you'd have you know we'd be in the corner and Gary Speed's like you know we can murder a, a Welsh game or a Welsh trip you know because it what it does what what that does it gets you away from there's a bit of a grind because you're training every day and it's it's repetition all the time doing the same mm -hmm. thing you can get a bit boring with it and then you go away and play for your country you play with different players. It's an easier game again. For me, international football was easier than playing, mm -hmm. you know, League. in the Premier League yeah. again because you get more time. It's more European. And it was now you come back and now you play for your country. You've got a bit, it, you know, it gives you more confidence as well. Yeah. So you want to get, you want to kick on again then. Did you enjoy playing your final years in Wales? Yeah, it was, you know, that was a weird thing. I mean, I never thought I'd play in Wales, but, uh, you know, somebody asked me to play in a game. And I, the car I went over with, Rodri Giggs was in it, and uh, Clive Brown, Wes Brown's brother and Ryan's brother. So I was playing in the same team as them. So we go over and play for Bangor, and the pitch isn't great. So I was used to that. The first time I started wearing studs <laughs> in the Welsh yeah. League, because all the pitches were heavy. I hadn't worn studs since I was a kid, <laughs> when I was playing in Wales. When did um when did you finally hang your boots up then? But was it just because they're still hey, they're still in the bag now, man? You know, <laughs> you know, son. Are you still my fit? knees are still hanging on? No, I'm not fit. I'm definitely not fit at the moment. But I'm 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 threatening to go for a run. <laughs> I went for a couple of runs the other week, and then obviously the weather's been crap. Mm. So no excuses. Yeah, well, I know an easy excuse, isn't it, just to pull out. <laughs> yeah, but training. How much did you enjoy the coaching side of things and in particular coaching the younger kids when you went back to the United Academy? Yeah, I mean, it's great to put something back. But I, I mean, I actually trained with the kids. So I found it, you know, if you're showing them what to do, mm -hmm. you know, you, 
it's easier for them to understand it. When you're talking, I mean, I had it when I was a kid. The, the manager's caught talking to you, telling you what you wanted to do, and you're like, is he talking to me or is he talking to somebody else? Yeah. Or, and then you don't listen. And But if you're showing them exactly what you want to do, and I'm, luckily my body was still in one piece, and I could still, you know, I could still strike a ball. So it's a, I found it in re- really enjoyable playing with them. It was when I started doing that, you know, I got, got me back into doing playing in Wales and all that. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was great. Whilst you were at the academy and coaching the guys, and I'm sure now you've always taken a real interest in the youth sides. And I remember yeah. being working with you, and you know, you always had key players that you'd picked out, and you thought that guy's going to make it. Yeah. Do you enjoy still watching the youth football? And who, who, when you look not... at now in the first team, would have been a player that you would have picked out? Well, obviously, Mason. I think everybody, you know, if you if you don't know what football is, you'd you'd pick Mason out. It was always what, was he, what age was he when you were there? He was, I think, it was 13, 12, 13, 14. Yeah. But like at 14, you're like thinking, wow, boys, he's taking free kicks with both feet and he's taking penalties with different, you know, the different feet. So it's, he was a special player and he can dribble, you know, and then he's got taller. The physicality things come in. Hmm. I'm running out of battery. <laughs> That's right. We're, we're, near, we're nearly finished. We're, we're, we're going to have to wrap this up in a second, Clayton. But can you. Can you imagine a part of your life where you aren't involved in something to do with Manchester United? No. That was quick, <laughs> wasn't it? That. Even today, no. look at the background. Yeah. Imagine that. <laughs> no, I mean, send, when I had... Send uh, your blood. When, we, when the twins were born, I was at Old Trafford playing football. What, literally when they were born? Yeah. Oh. She was in labour when I was at Old Trafford. And I've, they've, they've, I've got the phone call, so I've had to come off the pitch. And uh, the announcer's been given a, a good luck and all that. <laughs> they all knew where I was going. So I've had a rush to the hospital and then, you know, they were born and about an hour later. I had an hour to get there. At least you got there. <laughs> Any regrets, Clayton? Maybe leaving to go to Middlesbrough. Thought you might say that. But, I mean, I did, yeah. I've got to say, I did enjoy playing it. There was nothing wrong with yeah. Middlesbrough. But, you know, and if you ask any footballer, you want to be at United, unless you're a scouser. <laughs> before we go Clayton we've spoken to a number of your ex-colleagues but anybody that you would recommend for us on the podcast Ooh. who has a good story to tell I don't know if you get Sparky no one said him can you message him for us <laughs> yeah well I've tried to message him to give a, a game of golf and it's we've got to wait and see him because the golfing's not working we've got through this whole podcast without asking how your golf's going what handicap are you on these days uh, I'm, I'm turned pro then i so I'm, i've got to play the scratch scratch i'm just trying to get in the qualify for the seniors open to be honest it, I, i'm thinking this is the, the the rest is doing me a bit of good mentally because the golf's mental thing it's all in your head you know the bad shots are in your head i do I'm, i think i'm very consistent and when I do it a bad shot, it's usually my fault because I'm thinking something just before it. Yeah. So it is, a, it is a mental Manchester, thing. Leaving Manchester United. That's probably what you're thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I try not to think of that. <laughs> no, don't think about that when you're about to hit a shot. Clayton, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for speaking to us. Sorry it took so long to get there in the end, but okay. we, we did make it. Yeah, we story. did. No, no, no problem. Enjoyed it. Cheers, Clayton. Thank you. Thank you, Clayton. Take care, guys. So there it is. That was our chat with Clayton Blackmore. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Helen, I suppose we go straight to it. Quinton. 
I know. I feel really bad about that. But do you know what? It's an easy mistake to make. Quinton. Both start with the k sound. Quinton, yeah. I'm in, I'm in phonics mode because I'm homeschooling. They end the same, don't they? With a ton. The thing is, yeah. I actually know both of them really well, so that's why I got it mixed up. Oh, that helps then, doesn't it? Yeah. One's South African and one's Welsh. I was going to say it's the first time someone's ever been called a wrong name on the podcast, but pff, what a silly comment that would be, Simon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it hasn't happened before. It also, has. you've got history at calling people the wrong name because you called me Simon on, on air. Oh, yeah, I did. Sorry about that. Sorry, guys. Okay. I'm homeschooling, trying to manage everything. Got his name wrong, but doesn't mean I think any less of Clayton. No. <laughs> got it right that time. I did. Did you enjoy it? I did. Yeah, it was very interesting. It was um, it was really interesting how he thought he was at his fittest towards the end of his career because he was passionate about that. He brought it up a few times. Yeah. Six years after he left United. Yeah. What, what happened with the five years in between? Do you think that would would that have been to do with the standards and the changing of the game because that would have been around the turn of the millennium. So by then was was that I mean the Premier League was in full force and I guess sports science was a much bigger thing. Do you think that would have had an impact on how fit players were? I think he was just playing more regularly, wasn't he? Yeah. Because he was kind of in and out after that injury, or when he got that injury, and then he went to Middlesbrough and he went on loan back and forward. So maybe it was just a case of playing regularly. Yeah. Maisie, do you think he's someone who, um, whose career maybe would have benefited from having like a completely nailed down position? Like, because I suppose it's easy for managers not to forget you, but to think, well, I know who my left back is. I know who my right back is. And then go, oh, well, that person's injured. We put Clayton in there, as opposed to being like first name on the team sheet in a position. Possibly, yeah, because you, you nail down the one position then, don't you? But Clayton was versatile. Like, as he said, it, I think the only position he didn't play was goalkeeper in his United career. So obviously it's, it's, it's an added bonus that you can play all those positions. But I don't know, maybe... Maybe you would like to just have the one position, whether it's you know midfield or or a fullback, where invariably that's that they're the positions he played. Mm-hmm. Do you remember watching Clinton play, Maisie? Uh, yeah, yeah, decent, good player, very good player. What about that for um, when when Strelix came in to become manager? Clayton had just got married, and I know. the fir- the first week of preseason, he was actually away. Not a great start, is it? How would that go down now? I mean, yeah, yeah, but it's just the fact that, that Sir Alex was like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. And then they yeah, speak to him for a month when he came months. back. <laughs> Brilliant. You know what, though, guys? I like when people admit that maybe they shouldn't have left United or, you know, you don't want people to have regrets, but it just shows you how much the club means to so many people that you don't yeah. just think, oh, the grass is greener, you know, mm-hmm. away from Manchester United because we all know it's not. It's a wrench. I'm telling you mm-hmm. what now. Us four sitting here doing this podcast, if today was the last day of not working at Manchester United, you would miss it so much. Yeah, that's definitely true. So imagine being a player. Maisie, what a lovely note to end on. Very philosophical. Yeah. It's the best place to work. It really is. You're very, very right as well. I'm very, very right. I know. That's beautiful. I meant to say that's very, very true. (laughs) This is a good place to go into emails and messages. Um, I got a message the other day from someone. Oh, no, it was to Maisie saying, does he like me? Because it sounds like he hates me on the podcast, which I thought was really funny. That's amazing. Of course I hate you. We're just doing our job. We're just doing our job. That's it. I can't imagine you hating anyone. It's all love in the podcast. Absolutely. All love in the podcast. 
I love everybody. Maisie just has a certain tone with his banter sometimes, which <laughs> might come across that he doesn't, like, across. Yeah. he doesn't like us, but I think he does. The more stick I give you, the more I like you. Yeah, I legitimately couldn't imagine you genuinely positive, like properly disliking anyone. No, no, certainly not. I'm a nice guy. <laughs> not for you to say. Yeah. <laughs> That's not how that works. <laughs> I am nice, all right? Sam, I'm nice, right? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, he's really nice. I'm not being threatened at all. Oh, there's the coffee machine. I mean, beer machine. What is wrong with me today? Coffee. <laughs> Come on, Evans, get one out. Derek Elston, your podcast was recommended to me. I have listened to around 10 various podcasts in the last week. Everyone has been top class, especially enjoyed the Lou Macari and Patrice Evra. Both very moving. Keep up the good work. Thank you very much indeed, Derek. I'm glad you're enjoying them. Thank you, Derek. I've got a question for Maisie from Mike, who says, question for Maisie, do the first team players hang together off the pitch or does it tend to be positional based? For example, do the midfielders socialise with midfielders off the pitch and the centre and the halfback socialise with other backs off the pitch? I am an American who played football in college and the defensive players tend to hang out with the defensive players and offensive players tend to hang out in their group. Any insight would be greatly appreciated. Please keep up the great work on the pod. I especially love the episode with Albert Morgan. Hilarious. Cheers, Mike. P.S. I would love to hear from some of the others behind the scene members like Albert from the club, current or former, who would have some stories that we would not normally get to hear. Thank you. So go on, Maisie. Do people hang out in positions? No. Thank you for that insight. Do you want to, do you want to elaborate on that? Uh, do they hang No, not. I think maybe if you're going to hang around, I mean, obviously now, back in the day, there weren't as many, many foreigners in the squads. I was going to say, do all the Manks hang about together? That's generally Probably, how it works, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. There's Irish, they hang about Irish, together. yeah. The Spanish will stay together, but no, no, there's there's no set, you know, goalkeepers will be a keeper's union or anything like that. Right. Jay Will says, hi, guys, this show has changed my life, challenges me every day to work harder and find motivation and inspiration to be the very best I can be. I've thought for a while and have finally decided who the very best guest would be. Mr. Universal, not Clayton, John O'Shea. Also would love to hear from... Raf Fabio, that's my name for Raphael or Fabio, as I could never tell them apart like that. Thank you very much indeed, Jay Will. John O'Shea is in the pipeline somewhere, mm-hmm. but he's a busy, busy guy. It's these yeah. Irish guys, isn't it? I know. Just can't get all of them. Nope. But we'll we, will, we will work on that. Shall I do one last one from Troy Clark and then we'll all say goodbye? Yeah. Troy says, I would love to see an episode with the Class 92 all together discussing their careers, teamwork, the best things they've done together. It would be really fun and entertaining while being interesting. Keep up the good work. You make my Monday nights better. Thank you, Troy. Um, I mean, we could try and do that. We've never done like big group ones before, have we? Feels like one for in person. It'd be chaos on Zoom, that. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't do that on Zoom. That would be very difficult. Okay, uh, guys, thank you so much for your messages, for your emails, for listening and for being with us. Um, we'll see you on the next one. If you want to get involved, you want to send us a message, you can. It's unitedpodcast at manunited.co.uk. That address is in the show notes. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you send reviews. If you write a review, screenshot it, send it to David May, and he will send you a picture of himself as Father Christmas. How long do you think about these for? I literally no time at all. I make them up on the spot and just see what comes out. I can tell. <laughs> Have a great week, everyone. Yeah. We'll see you on the next one. Bye. Stay safe. <laughs>